I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. The True Gifts of Christmas, Anticipating the Greatest Gift You may hear the word Advent and think it sounds pretty old-fashioned. Traditional churches still use it to refer to the weeks leading up to the celebration of Christ's birth. Generally defined, Advent refers to the arrival of a notable person or event. Advent in popular culture probably begins with Black Friday. The secular world recognizes Christmas as a money-making, gift-accumulating holiday. Christmas lists holiday loans, endless commercials, and mad crushes at the mall characterize much of what the world focuses on prior to December 25th. Yet when we stop to think about it, that truth is highly ironic. When our Savior was born in a manger, that starlit night in Bethlehem, Jesus Himself gave a broken world the gift of His humbling Himself, the sacrifice of His very earthly lifespan, and eventually His literal body and blood to redeem us from a hopeless future. How sad that the joy of giving celebrated then has been transformed into a season of getting. Nothing could be farther from the essence of Christmas than that. Our best and highest way of honoring God means a literal imitation of Christ. We need to ask ourselves not what we want for Christmas, but what can we give to honor God as we remember the gift of the Christ child. But before we explore the array of gestures, we need to prepare our hearts. First, we must strip away all distraction and ponder our amazing God. We need to take some time to be truly mindful of the great sacrifice made for us. Isaiah 9 is a great place to start. There we read that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The entirety of mankind walked in darkness without a hope or future due to our sin nature. The promise of a Messiah, that great light, was to be fulfilled. In verse 6 we read, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now there is a priceless gift that keeps on giving. Part of celebrating the arrival of our Savior involves acknowledging how dark and hopeless our existence is without Him. We are reminded in John 1.5 that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Whether or not every man sees the light of the world, namely Jesus, has nothing to do with the fact of its existence. In Ephesians 5.11, Paul reminds Christians that before we were saved, we were in darkness, but afterwards we become a force for a dark world to be reckoned with, namely the children of light. And in 1 Peter 2.9, he charges us to proclaim the excellencies of Him who called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Indeed, all the presents and pomp of Christmas don't hold a candle to the true meaning of Christmas. Take the Christmas star, for example. No battery-operated or plug-in star could begin to approach the brilliance of what the wise men saw after Christ was born. In Matthew 2, 2, we read that these men traveled from the east to Jerusalem because they came to worship a king that was revealed to them. In verse 9, it is recorded that the star rose and went before them until it came to rest over the place where the Christ child lay. Let's take a moment to think about this. Can you imagine following a star and literally following it until you stood under its marvelous light? It's like trying to imagine chasing a sunset, and yet that's exactly what 
people were able to do that beautiful night. What a moment that must have been for the wise men. In a way, when we follow Jesus, we come under the direct beam of His love and light, too. We don't need to follow any other stars or bask in any other light. He is the light of the world, even today, as Jesus Himself declares in John eight twelve. The wise men knew that there were no other stars they would ever need to follow again. This raises a thought-provoking question. What star are we following? Are we following other shiny things that don't hold a candle to the gloriously luminous light of the world? I know that sometimes I can be guilty of that. Join me in preparing our hearts that are solely focused on the light of the world and not the shiny things of Christmas that distract and even detract from the true meaning of Christmas. I'd like to read an excerpt now from my first book, The Side Door, and this entry is entitled, Unwrapping Present Moment Gifts, Welcoming Divine Appointments. You may have heard of the term divine appointment to reference how God leads us unexpectedly to some place and then to someone who either needs our help or offers to help us. Many of us have been on the giving or receiving end of this powerful experience. People who know me well know the only thing I hate more than driving is filling up my car with gas. As a result, I've been known to ignore the fuel gauge in my car more than once. One day, I was on my way to Bible study and I'd forgotten about the low fuel warning the previous day. When I'd gotten into the car, I did not look at the fuel gauge and inexplicably, I decided not to take the freeway. Convinced I could make it on time with the fuel I had once I realized the situation, I pressed on only to run out of gas in the middle of the street. Providentially, I was a few yards from a gas station. In the middle of the intersection, trying to figure out what to do next, three men came along beside my car and began pushing it, telling me to put the car into neutral gear. As I turned into the gas station, I felt thankful from head to toe that my vehicle and I were now positioned for rescue. When I turned to thank the men, they had literally disappeared. Angels are good Samaritans, who's to say? I was dramatically rescued in that divine appointment. But the divine appointments that inconvenience us, where we are the ones who are helping, don't often happen because we welcome the interruption and might even try to avoid it altogether. When Jesus was on his way to Galilee, he encountered the Samaritan woman at the well. He was keeping a divine appointment, even though his chosen route to Samaria was not the established route for the Jews, who felt it was beneath them to travel through an area where culturally despised people dwelled. Jesus entered the side door to Samaria to keep the divine appointment at the well. Our good shepherd will leave 99 sheep and go after the one that was lost, as we are told in Luke 15, 4. But will we? Are we willing to stray from the path of our day, from our schedules, to help someone in need? Or do we take a more established route and one that serves us rather than them? As I was writing this, I stopped to accept a delivery at the front door. I saw a painter in front of my neighbor's house who handles little projects for me from time to time. He'd gotten a new phone, and I'd been trying to find him. When I saw him, I went over to tell him to call me about a future job, thinking I would get right back to my work. But he wanted to come in and immediately get things going, so I relented, and he came inside. He then shared that he had no work and that he needed the money. I told him it was a miracle from God that I saw him, and he agreed. I then told two other people about him, and within the hour, he had work from them as well. We all rejoiced. God's timetable is better than ours. To God be the glory. And the keys to kingdom living are, welcome and rejoice in your divine appointments, 
giving thanks to the serendipitous way God uses and blesses you. And the doorpost is, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Proverbs 3, 6. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.